Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered, presented by Manscaped.ca. Habs Unfiltered is featured on The Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio. This podcast brings you honest and in-depth hockey discussion and entertainment. Our hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Pudvay, are proud to be one of your trusted sources for Habs and hockey news. If you are talking about it, so are we. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 136. I'm your host, Blaine Putvey, and I'm joined now by my co-host, Treg Wilson. Good day, good day. Matt Smith cannot be here this week as he is, quote-unquote, working. Whatever that is for the Air Force, no one knows. It is a mystery. Making coffee and uh, computer share races. Do, Do they have... Like the number of times you can spin in your, your chair before you can get up and not fall down. Like, is there competitions for that? Because that sounds like the most work they'll ever do. I'm pretty sure there is. I, actually, I think it's, they have records and everything. It's like a, you know, it's, they do it. And if you, you can't pass your fives until you, uh, you know, get a certain amount of spins. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes yeah, sense. Okay. Can you get the spanner on the right size bolt there, exactly. after 50 spins? Yeah. And if you can't do that, you're done. You're, yeah. You're, you're done. It's a failure. Yeah. That makes the, it starts to make sense. That's why yeah. they call it the G force. <laughs> <laughs> Matt's, yes. not here, Matt's not here to defend himself. So <laughs> this is what we're doing. That's why they call it the G force. That's right. They also have to play volleyball in their, uh, in their, in their jean pants and no shirts. Oh yeah. 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 So, but you can't, fun. you don't move up to the, the jeans, the full jeans until after your fives until then you're wearing jorts. <laughs> well, uh, the mess at the dive unit just voted in a volleyball court. And I made that a thing saying we can't play unless we play in jeans. So just from <laughs> jeans and jeans and, uh, military boots so if we and white don't do t-shirts that, yeah yeah oh boy but That's... you know divers they're the cool guys there's something <laughs> anyway um 
So we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, well, we got a few things we're going to talk about. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit of news and notes from around the NHL. We have some talk about Price and Weber and the expansion draft, some meritocracy talk, and what, uh, whether or not the team needs a shakeup. So we'll just kick it off right now with some news and notes around the NHL. Uh, Patrick Marlowe tied Gordie Howe's record for the most games played in the NHL last night. So congrats to him. Uh, I'm looking forward to when he actually breaks the record. And when he does in his next game played, I hope he scores a goal, gets an assist, and drops the gloves. You want to do it? Do it right. I, I don't see him dropping the gloves because I don't think Marlowe has ever dropped gloves, maybe. Well, if he hasn't, this is the time to do it. <laughs> it would it would be good. It would be good. Um, too bad COVID wasn't on because I'm sure, you know, Mark or Marty or someone would be uh, there to congratulate him or whatever. But yeah, uh, it's a good, yeah, I mean, hey, it's good for him. You know, like you're not going to see that very much often going forward because most players don't play this long in the league. Um I'm surprised Yammer Yager never came close to that uh, the record. He played forever, but uh, well, he left for five years. He did, he did. So, but uh, yeah, good for him. Uh, it's a, it's a great. Uh, like I say, it's one of those stats, one of those things that uh, it's going to be rare moments when it when they happen. So, uh, uh, good for him. He had a great career, um, mostly with San Jose, um, and uh, yeah. Don't forget uh, his time with Carolina. That was an epic time with Carolina. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, his whole summer. Yeah, let's trade him to Carolina for a first round pick, and then him never play a game. But uh, yeah, so I mean, he led Toronto to the uh, first round, and um, no, I mean, I, I joke. Uh, he's probably one of the best players that's probably never going to win a cup. It is kind of sad that he didn't yeah. get a Stanley Cup in his time in San Jose. I mean, that the Sharks have had really good teams for such a long time and he was a big part of that so minus the stanley cup it's still a hall of fame career in my opinion oh definitely definitely hall of fame career same with like guys like joe thornton or whatever if they don't get a get a or did thornton win a cup in boston no, no I, I think he was gone by then um oh definitely hall of fame worthy uh i mean it's just to say because they did have good teams there in san jose they just didn't have that uh extra push i think they went to one final and then they lost that final to whoever they lost it to but uh yeah they went up against a lot of really good teams in the west yeah. you know detroit definitely took its toll on them because back in the archers urbay days that's right so congrats to patrick uh, patrick marlowe and s uh, good luck setting that new record hopefully it with a gordie howe hat trick which would be epic it would um be. yeah so the next piece is JT Miller. Uh, I know Habs fans don't like him very much. I don't know why. I, I like him. He's a, he's a hard-nosed guy, and he is a leader. And he, he took that leadership role seriously recently with the Canucks coming out of COVID protocols. Um, they started practicing again, and he mentioned, and I'm going to quote him here, uh, he talked to TSN and, to... Farhan Lalji and said, and I quote, I don't feel ready if I'm being honest. It's kind of crazy. I know everyone has a job to do, but to expect our entire team to be ready to play in one practice 
and a pregame skate is a bit hard to comprehend. So he's referencing the fact that they've been in COVID protocols for about three weeks. Some of them have been getting IV uh, drips. Uh, Hughes, it's been reported it was taking IV drips. Most of the team has been hit pretty hard with this where they were actually in bed, unable to move, train, anything. And he, he brings up a good point. One practice in a game day skate and you expect them to be back into full swing of things. That's, that's not safe. No, it's not safe. It's uh, I mean, he brings up a, a great point. I personally think he was hinting at, let's just call this Vancouver team a uh, done. Um, and he probably has a good point. Uh, they had the Brazilian strain of the COVID or the Brazil, which I guess hits pretty hard. And it, yeah. uh, and it, it, uh, goes quickly like it goes around pretty quickly it's very easy to contract like easier than the norm uh, the regular covid and uh, when you have a whole team like i could see it was like three or four guys yeah. but they pretty much had the whole team with this coaches and everything uh, and the fam- squad, families family everything. members and stuff like that and he he wasn't wrong in what he said he he's he he's right I'm going to play devil's advocate and look at the NHL side of things. They're saying, well, we got to get these games in, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, They wanted them to start Friday. Uh, They canceled that and pushed it to tonight or tomorrow. I think they play Um, tonight, I think. And uh, personally, I think they just should shut Vancouver down and, uh, you know, odds of them making the playoffs are slim. Uh, they're a little bit better than, well, we'll get, we can get into that later, but if Montreal plays 500, they have to go 13 and six. So in 19 games and coming off a three week absence with one practice and everyone still recovering from COVID. I like just back don't, to backs and the whole thing. I just don't see them winning. No winning five games, let alone 13. Um I know that I know a lot of people say, you know, the, the schedule is, is not an excuse, you know, but it really does impact how well a team does. The, a team can look listless if they're playing three games and four nights over and over again. Look at the Habs. Yeah. Yeah. And Toronto, Toronto didn't look all that great the last little while because they're playing a lot of games in a short amount of time. Yeah. Hockey is a, it's a cardio sport as much as it is strength and condition, like strength and conditioning is huge in hockey. And if you're, you're going within, like you're playing two games within less than 24 hours, which is going to happen quite a bit for the Canucks, especially after coming off of being sick, laid up in bed, probably losing a lot of weight because you haven't been eating Mm -hmm. much. Your strength Mm -hmm. is down. Your conditioning is, is lost. I mean, you lose half your conditioning after a week of not doing anything. So how much have they lost? And now you you expect them to play 19 games in like 25 days. This is going to be ridiculous. And it's going to be hard on the rest of the North division that has to play them. Montreal's lucky. They have no games with Vancouver left. So they're not even going to be part of whatever schedule that the NHL does. Although the schedule will be impacted. It will be impacted. They've already changed a date. One of Montreal's games is now not back-to-back. They have a date between, I believe it's against Ottawa, Winnipeg or Ottawa. Anyway, uh, later on in uh, April later on in the, in the schedule near the end of the schedule, but Toronto's going to be impacted. Winnipeg is going to be impacted. Edmonton's going to be impacted. Calgary is going to be impacted. So 
Toronto, Winnipeg, and Edmonton, pretty much going to make the playoffs. I'm pretty confident Montreal is going to make the playoffs. Um, but Calgary, who's fighting for a playoff spot, you know, they got four games against Vancouver. Yeah. Like, is it going to be back-to-backs? Is it going to be whatever? I mean, yes, Vancouver, you know, should be an easy team to beat considering everything that's going on. But maybe not. You know, like, it's it's – I don't know. It's tough to say. I see the NHL's kind of view of it. They got to get the games in. Like, you know, there's still a chance this team can make the playoffs. They don't want to do the 24-man team like they did before. They want to get as many games in as they can so they don't have to go to the percentage, winning percentage. But uh, for the health of the players and for the for the, the health of the league in general, uh, you really have to uh, uh, look at it that way and say – is it really worth them playing these 19 games? Like, is it going to make a difference? Yeah. yeah, this this season, everybody knew this season was going to be different. I mean, last year with the with the with it being paused and then doing the bubble, that was odd. But they knew that this year was going to be an incomplete season. That some teams may not play as many games as others. That was expected. So why not just go with what the expected is? Let them play a bunch of games. You know. So they don't have to give back as much in advertising revenue as they they sh- they would if they don't play, but don't make them play past a certain date and don't try and jam all the games into the that stretch. We're asking too much of these guys. Um, it, it, the chances of them making the playoffs are slim to none. We're risking their health for it, and they don't seem to be too keen on doing it. Yeah, they're worried about their families. Yeah, so the the vaccines are supposedly being rolled out i mean we can argue we can talk about how the government is doing or not but the vaccines are arriving it's we're in that that area now within the summer most people should be getting a vaccine especially rich well-to-do nhl clubs who can afford to buy vaccines now that they're for sale well the, i think the rumor is the nhl is trying to get their own vaccine privately that's right so They'll, That's they'll right. do their own thing. Uh, um, it's So there's that. Yeah, I um, don't think they should. I, there was a rumor going around that they would play the games even if they don't make the playoffs, but I, it's, yeah. I, to me, I think it's just a waste. Like just. It is. It's, it's best to just shave those games off. Yeah. And um, speaking of shaving, Manscaped has the lawnmower 3.0, which has been beautifully designed to reduce those painful nicks and tugs. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code unfiltered20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using code unfiltered20. Always use the right tools for the job. Men, start taking notes. It's time to reduce those cuts on your nuts. The lawnmower 3.0 has been beautifully designed to reduce those painful nicks and tugs. This is their third generation trimmer featuring advanced skin safe technology. So you keep your boys nice and smooth. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. The waterproof technology allows you to shave in the shower as well. One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. 
So many people have written in stories about how the lawnmower 3.0 trimmer has changed their lives. They even included picks so I could see the smoothness for myself and they aren't kidding. You need to try this out for yourself. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code unfiltered20 at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code unfiltered20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code unfiltered20. Always use the right tools for the job. With that being said, we're going to move on to the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, I made what I thought was a fairly obvious point when I mentioned on Twitter that waving Price and Weber because you think they both suck and you want Seattle to pick them is kind of dumb because if you think they suck, why would Seattle pick players that suck? You're dumb, Blaine. I apparently am because... I was told multiple times that there's reasons for doing this. And I responded each time saying, I know there are reasons for waving both, but that's not what I addressed. Waving players because you think they suck so that another team can pick them because they suck makes no sense for the other team. Why would the other team pick them if they suck? Especially if those players make 10 and a half and $7.8 million. Exactly. So if you want to, I'm, I'm going to look at it this way. So you go to Price as the GM, Mark Bergevin, locks up the Price and say, Carrie, I want you to waive your no move clause because I don't want to protect you. I want to protect Jake Allen at the upcoming expansion draft. What are you telling Carrie Price as a GM? You're not valued. Correct. So what's Gary Price going to do if Seattle doesn't pick him up? Get me the hell out of town. Correct. Now you have a disgruntled star player who's probably your most important player because he's your goaltender. And he's like, you know, oh, you guys thought I sucked before? Well, I mean, he's going to try because he's a professional and he does want to get picked up by another team. But he's an emotional guy. But he's an emotional guy. So where does that leave Carey Price? He's not going to play. So he's going to be sitting there not playing. Because why would you play him? If he's going to be like, well, I don't want to be here anymore. And, you know, so he's not playing. So now you're stuck with $10.5 million sitting in the press box. And as a GM, you're calling teams going, hey, do you you want this player? And they're like, yeah, we'll take Carey. We'd love to take Carey, but you're keeping 50% of his salary. Or you're giving us this, and or giving us, or that. or you're giving us yeah. a first round pick to go with it, or you're giving us blah, blah, Suzuki blah, blah, blah. or whatever. You know what I mean? To take that contract, and you're screwed. So there's Carey Price right there in a nutshell. So unless Carey Price goes to Bergevin and says, "My wife's from Seattle, I want to go play for Seattle," I'm waving my new no move clause. Don't protect me, which is basically Carey Price telling the Montreal Canadiens, "I'm done with you guys." Right? Yep. Uh, and uh, then the Bergevin could turn around and say, well, you can waive your no-move clause all you want. I'm still protecting you. Then well, you're, this in, is, a, yeah, then you're yeah. in a whole other fight. Yeah. <clears throat> There's different reasons for it. And I, I, I'm, you don't waive, you don't ask a player who has a no-move clause to waive that no-move clause if you don't plan on actually moving them. Right. Absolutely. There's, 
what benefit is there to you? And I know that the argument is, well, if you don't protect those two, you can protect two others because we know sure. Seattle won't pick them. Sure, but who are you protecting? Who are you valuing over those other two players? Well, clearly they want to value Jake Allen because if you're not protecting Price, you're protecting Allen. There's other ways to protect Jake Allen. There is, but it, it, and that's neither here nor there on this argument that I'm making. You have, like we work in an industry in our day jobs where we're asked to sacrifice all kinds of things, personal time, family time, our literal lives at, could be requested of us. We understand there's a, there's a little bit of reciprocity. We know that if we're asked to sacrifice something, we're supposed to get something in return, whether it be money, whether it be uh, where we want to live, uh, the respect of our peers and our, our supervisors, what we're not seeing and, and that's essentially what it is with a no move clause, a player put yeah. in a clause. I want to be able to control where I live, who I work with, all of it. You can't just wave me. I want, I get to decide where I go and who I'm with. And, and there's an impact on family, which with price is very important. And we mentioned he is an emotional guy. So you don't go up to an emotional guy who places family first and say, Hey, we want to put you, we want to just put you, uh, put you out there. You may go to Seattle. You may not. Eh, we don't know. You'll find out when we find out. Yeah. No big deal. Don't worry about it or do whatever. We're going to move your family or not. That, that doesn't fly. And that'll have, that'll have an impact. He's going to see himself, like, like we mentioned, being valued at a, <laughs> He is not the value that he's not given the respect that he felt that he was deserved, that he was owed for everything he's done for the franchise. No, he hasn't won a cup, but look that's at this. That's not his fault. That's not his that fault. He hasn't won a cup. But he's, he's set actually records. brought the team closest to a cup than anybody else has. Yeah. Since, well, Yaroslav Halak, I guess. But uh... so for all his years of service, yeah. he got this no move clause. And his reward for that is screw you, wave it. We're going to protect this other guy, your backup. Like, what is that? That, that doesn't fly. So if you are going to ask him to move that, uh, to wave that no move clause, you better have a deal in place with Seattle for them to pick him. So you got to come to him and say, listen, Seattle really wants you. We don't really want to give you up, but this deal's very good. We think it'll be good for you and your family. It'll be good for the organization. Carrie, we would, if you don't want to do this, we would love to keep you. Do you want to waive this no move clause? However, no team is going to look at them and go, yeah, we realize that your goalie sucks balls, uh, but we would really love to have him on our team and that huge contract because, you know, we just want to pick up sucky players. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I, I, I'm going to go into this. I did a tweet as well yesterday. <laughs> you? No, I did. And it was actually quite a po- It was a positive tweet and it's gotten pretty good return, whether you like it or not. And uh, so basically, here's what I said. Here's the reality, Habs fans. And this is, is the real reality. Weber is not going to leave the team. Not this year. They're not waving them. They're not putting them on the taxi squad. They're not whatever. Carrie Price isn't leaving the team. 
unless he wants to. Bergevin, with when it comes to Weber, Bergevin loves his leadership. He thinks it's he's the big reason the leadership is there. Question that all you want. I don't care really, but Weber's not going anywhere. Bergevin is not going to get fired. He's not going to get fired now, and I highly doubt he's going to get fired at the end of the season. Maybe next season if the team doesn't improve, but he's not getting fired this season. Uh, the Habs are going to make the playoffs. The Habs could win four games for the rest of the time out and still have a better chance of making the playoffs than Calgary or Vancouver. That's just mathematics. So as much as you say, everyone You says and your after, advanced stats. As much as everyone says after every loss, we are not making the playoffs. Montreal literally has to play 200 hockey to not make the playoffs. And they're better than that. And they are. Uh, people on Twitter sure. and Blaine and me and everyone else, we do not know more than the GM or the head coach of an NHL team. That's not true. I know so much more. I know things. I drink we, and I know things. We have opinions. We have ideas. Some of them sound good on paper. Some of them sound good in our heads. And some of them, you know, they, they're not bad. But if we knew more than they did, we would not be sitting here doing a podcast or on Twitter saying how much we know. We'd be behind a bench somewhere getting paid to tell people what we know. Hey, and just putting it out there, I am also Francophone. So if the Montreal Canadiens are hiring, I'm available. I will gladly retire from the Canadian Armed Forces and come work for you. The world's not going to end if the Montreal Canadiens don't win a game or make the playoffs. Are you sure? Are you sure? We will go on. Do you know that for a fact? I do. But if you knew more, you'd have the job. See, it's a catch-22. It's true. And, guys, hockey's just a game. Now, mind you, I've had a a death in the family recently, and put uh, things are in perspective. Hockey's just a game. Does it bother me in Montreal lose? Of course it does. I'm a passionate person. The fans are passionate. Yes, get upset when they lose. I love the passion. But let's be realistic about what we're getting upset about. Drew and Weber and Price are not always the reason why we lose hockey games. I'm sorry. If you're blaming Druin for last night's game, Druin was one of the few players that actually created some offense. Price did not score any goals, and he can't. He should. For $10.5 million, he'd better be scoring goals. If your team's getting shut out, it's not on your goalie. (laughs) I'm sorry. Well, the second goal he wants back. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Okay. But if we scored goals, that second goal wouldn't matter. Yeah, but see, this is where Carey Price not scoring is an issue. Jay Weber, although he's slower, and he may even be hurt. I don't know. He is not, you know, yes, he creates a turnover, and yes, lately some of them have been leading to a goals. But does anyone remember Brett Kulak last year? Same thing, right? Yes. Well, Brett Kulak's mistake. only making 1.8, so it's okay. Yes. His mistakes are glaring, but if you watch the whole game, Weber really didn't have that bad of a game last night. You, you realize that your cap hit has a direct correlation with how you to, to how many goal. If you allow a goal, you know, if you make a mistake that leads to a goal, your cap hit lessens the percentage of anger. The point You're, I'm making is 
there's there's a formula to it. Yes, these three guys probably aren't playing the top of their hockey, but neither is a lot of guys in that dressing room. So to always point out on these three guys, you're basically just doing it because that's what you did the whole time. You don't like Druin because you never liked Druin. You don't like Weber because you never liked Weber. And you don't like Price because you have no one else to blame because you don't like his contract. That's the only reason why you're blaming these three guys. I mean, watching that So the Ottawa game yesterday was boring. It was like like, trap versus trap. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and it's not because one uh, the canadians are slower than they used to be they're just I, maybe they're lacking energy because they've played too many games maybe you know it's it's an earlier start maybe it's the fact that they played what was 18 hours before that they had a game 18 hours before that so <clears throat> that's not an excuse you need to actually provide an effort and i didn't see the effort level like there was more that they could give, and if that's the worst game of the season, by no far. second, second worst. Well, that five nothing loss to Winnipeg was still the worst. Okay, sure, I'll give you that. But so what? What we saw was so boring. It was like watching the Devils play the Devils in the early two thousands. <laughs> it was that freaking bad. They both teams should have just lined four guys up at the blue line, and the two guys in the neutral zone fight for the puck. Because that's, that's basically what we saw. There was, what, like 11 shots between the two teams after the first period? Uh, I think there was 11 shots between the two teams after the second period. I mean... Like, there were so few shots. I mean, it was just... And that's a that's a major issue with the Canadians um, throughout uh, all their games. That's a, that's a, a recurring theme. The Canadians are shooting from the outside if they're getting shots at all. They're not getting any traffic to the front of the net. They're not getting rebounds. And that's where their goals were coming from in the first part of the season. They can, and they have to go back to that. And I don't understand why they haven't figured that out yet. This is what bothers me the most about the Montreal Canadiens. They know the formula they need to win. But for some reason, they're like, well, let's try this. The other team is playing us too tight. Well, yeah, because they figured out your formula. You just got to outwork them. Exactly. They got to outwork. Now, I, again, I'm not saying that the three players I mentioned have been godsends and playing perfect hockey because they haven't. But just be realistic where you're pointing your anger and aggression at during a hockey. I wrote an article about Cole Caulfield and someone went, Druin needs to go on waivers. Yeah. Weber sucks. Price needs to stop a puck. What, do they, Fire this, what does this have to do with Cole Caulfield? <laughs> Nothing. But... Uh, it, it, everything that we ever post always comes back to the same posts and, and this get is rid of Drouin, get rid of Bergevin, get rid of price. Um, and all honestly, when it comes to Bergevin, I don't see it this year. If the team nope. plays like this next year. Yeah, sure. Get rid of him. Yeah. I have no he's got this year, this year, he's keeping his job next yeah. year. They better start winning stuff because he's not consistently. They That's get, right. this is the problem with the halves this year is consistency. And I don't know if we meant to get into this on this show, but Dom Ducharme, I'm not impressed. Yeah, so that <laughs> that kind of he he mentioned building a meritocracy, and I wrote about this in my last article that came out on the Hockey Writers about what it takes to actually have this team win some games, and we touched on a few of the points, and it's the meritocracy. 
So in talking about, you know, the guys being scapegoated, what we're missing is that some people are actually making mistakes and they're not being mentioned. Why? Because maybe, uh, you know, they're not, they're not big enough names or their cap hits aren't high enough for them to merit anger. But um, so Byron at the, after the game against Ottawa, his mistake led to the two nothing goal. And his quote was, I made a terrible turnover, kind of hung my team out, uh, teammates out to dry. It was a pivotal moment in the game. That goal hurt. I take responsibility for not getting the puck deep and I made a bad play. That's good leadership, recognizing mm. you made a mistake. But in a meritocracy, when someone does something that egregious, shouldn't you sit him? Yes. yes but they should. won't. But they won't. And and this is this is the well, Eric Stahl. Look at Eric Stahl. Scored the overtime goal. Everyone loved him, and he's done nothing since. Um, I'll argue he's doing what he was brought in to do, which was win faceoffs. He's almost sixty percent on the faceoff circle, although the last two games he hasn't been all that great. Um, but what other than that, what has he done? He's done absolutely nothing. No, and I think uh, sitting him to play Evans would be a good idea. Like having no. Stall there as a veteran, veteran leadership, great. But he can't. He seemingly can't play every game. I mean, just watching him, you see. He just doesn't have it there. Yeah. So if you sat him, played Evans, then he played Stahl, go back and forth. You might see a mo- you might see more out of him at that point. But now you're more. getting into a, a cap issue that the Habs have. Oh right yeah. Now. So, well, it's not we, not so much cap. It's but we'll space. get into that. We'll get into that later. But uh, the thing I'm 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 struggling with Ducharme is uh, he's actually no better than what Julian was. Um, I look at him as a, as a cross between Tarion and Julian. He's Tarion because he likes to blender his lines up almost every game. Although he does keep pairs together. Um, He's also a, a rookie coach and rookie coaches tend is. to um, try to placate their veterans. Yeah. And that's another thing is he's kind of pushing the veterans. And when they make a mistake, he's kind of like ignoring it. Although uh, let's take Mete, for example. Mete made a mistake in his last game, I think, with Montreal, and he sat for the final 10 minutes of the hockey game. Yeah. Um, so why are you sitting him when he makes a mistake, but when Weber makes a mistake that leads to a goal, you're not sitting Weber? Because it's Shea freaking Weber, and you want to placate your captain. I get that. But if you want to talk about merit, merit, merit I can't say that word. Meritocracy? Yeah. Meritocracy, everyone should fall into the same boat, whether you're the captain or whether 100%. you're the – rookie sitting at the end of the bench who only gets two shifts a game um and this is why we've for what the last month month and a half we've been talking about managing shea weber's minutes yes he needs to play second line minutes in a conversation he, he is not a first pairing defender anymore no he was but he's no longer you can argue about how big his cap hit is until the cows come home the reality is he is 35 going to be 36. He has put a ton of mileage on on that body of his. And as, as much of a, a hard worker he is, a workout fiend that he is, it's your, your body's going to break down. You're going to slow down. It, it happens. So now he's a second pairing guy. And that's there's fine. no shame. There's no there's shame, no shame in, that. in that. You can still be a second pairing guy and produce. Yes. He can still be on your second wave of your power play. He's not your main weapon but he can still be there. 
He can still play on the penalty kill. He can still, you can still pair him up with Sherratt as a shutdown pairing in the last minute of a game when you're up a goal or you got to shut down a line for a couple of shifts. Nothing wrong with that. Or even take him off the power play altogether. It's not really going to matter. I mean, I like his shot, but my point is you can, you can do that. Yeah. You just need to manage how many minutes he plays in a game. In the game against Calgary, he did get him and Sherratt did play second line minutes. I don't yeah. know if that was because of Sherratt's first game back or what, but Petrie and Evanson did get the top line minutes. Which they the should. Which they should. They're, now, they're... when uh, Gustafson and Merle come in, oh, and Evanson, I believe on Tuesday they're eligible to play. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, I personally think Gustafson on a second line with might pair up well with with Weber, I don't like his defense though. He means more, no defense. Um, he's more of a have him in there to throw him on the power play type guy. But uh, Merle, I think Merle could fit perfect in with uh, with Weber. Uh, but where does that leave Sherratt? And if you really look at analytics, if you're an analytics guy, Sherratt and Weber have the eighth best uh, GFX in the entire league. So the expected goals for, yeah. Yeah. For, uh, um, GFX percentage, sorry, for the, uh, entire league for defensemen with 200 minutes or more. So, uh, but they're two alike as a, as a pairing. They're both stay at home defensemen. That's so right. if you have two stay at home defensemen, where are you going to be? You're going to be staying at home. You're so. going to be staying at home. That, and I like That's why I said, I like them as a shutdown pair yeah. in situations, but Weber needs someone less mobile. Minutes. He needs less he needs, minutes. He needs less minutes, and he needs someone more mobile. Yeah. So throw Kulak on there. Throw Romanov on there. Um, you, you, both would be good fits. They can take turns. I mean, but, but not as the first pairing. No, and that's the problem. The problem is Ducharme still wants to throw Weber out with whoever he's with as a first pairing, and that's right. You can't do that. First of all. It didn't work with Romanov because Romanov's not ready for first pairing minutes. Even though I think Romanov's playing a pretty solid game. Like he's playing pretty solid hockey for a rookie, but he's just not ready for a first pairing, second pairing, maybe. Sure. Try him, out. him up. Why not? Move him up and down. Put him on the power yeah. play, too. I mean, he did really well on power play. The kid can walk the line. Yeah. He gets his shots through, uh, through traffic. He's not pounding slap shots as hard as he can top corner but a quick little wrist shot that mm-hmm. hits the goalie's pad for a rebound is just as effective in today's nhl yeah, i mean he has a shot unlike what mete had if you put him on the power play but exactly i just wanted to throw i just want to throw a dig in at mete didn't take him 127 games to score a goal no it took him like what five yeah <clears throat> but and this is the thing like there's no meritocracy even there, though there... he said he was going to build one and and while I see the point on Weber. He's your captain. You're not going to sit your captain. You're just not. No, but you can take his minutes away a little bit. Correct. Um, you know, I, you could even say Druin. Druin's having an off game, sit him. Yeah. Uh, but, and I know people are going to say I'm a big Druin fan. Uh, you know, I like Druin. I don't think Druin's playing bad hockey. I'm sorry. I know he's not scoring goals. I know he's not putting the points up lately, but he's not playing bad hockey. I'm sorry. He's not. Well, the only person putting up points right now is Toffoli. Exactly. Uh, Suzuki. Actually, Suzuki's putting up points, but even Suzuki's not playing great hockey. 
even though he's getting points because Toffoli's scoring goals for him. But he's young um, and his cap hit is a certain level, so yeah. you're not going to so, crap on and him. And he's not the French superstar that was traded for a superstar defenseman. and uh, blah, 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 um, Yeah, it's hard to say. I, I mean, the guys that I think are playing bad hockey are Stahl. I think Weber could be better, and we've just exhausted what we could do with Weber. Uh, Petrie's playing terrible hockey lately. He is not up to his his standard. Let's put it that way. I mean, he was Norris Trophy talks right up until about a month ago, and now he's just nothing. I wouldn't even put him in. I wouldn't even question him for the Norris now. But uh, he's just it's 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 a team effort. I guess what I'm getting at is a team effort. You can sit there and pick apart this guy or that guy or this guy or that guy. Not everyone's going to play on top of their game all the time. Not everyone, people are going to go into slumps. People are not. Kotke and Emmy, I think, is one of the better players on the team, yet he hasn't scored any points in quite a while. You just can't look at the score sheet and determine whether a player has played well or not. And this is you where the meritocracy kicks in, because if that if you got a line that's rolling, let him go. Let Give them go. more ice time. Exactly. you got one that's, that's you know, sucking the hind teat, and they're not doing anything. Take away their ice time. Give it to the one that's rolling. That's the meritocracy. <laughs> Because the very next game, the line that was playing poorly could be your top line, where yeah. the uh, the good line, uh, the line that was playing better in that last game, could be your worst line. I mean, it's, Give the it's minutes like, to who earns it. Exactly, and Desharm's not doing that. He's he's not. I mean, I didn't like his presser last night. He was kind of like, "We got to work together. We got to get through." I mean, yeah. it's almost like you sound defe- he sounded defeated, sounded tired, worn down. That, that's not what you want out of your coach. I, I'd rather him come in and say, these guys played like shit and they better get their shit together. Yeah. But this is did. where this is where they need a bit of a like a little bit of a shakeup. Like say, I don't know, get Drouin to stop wearing Lekanen's gloves. <laughs> holy stone hands, Batman. Well, in his defense on the first one, <laughs> Matt Murray threw his stick out there and he didn't have yeah. enough room. Didn't Why didn't he just shoot? Just shoot. He's afraid to shoot. Eh, you're you're but. two feet from the net. Shoot. There's no one there. You made an amazing play to cut off a pass. You intercepted a pass. You read the play. Stepped and then in. you tried to make too many dips and, and dangles. Yeah. You're not in junior anymore, junior. Just shoot the puck. What? <laughs> Who created the offense? Jonathan Druin. That's right. He He made an excellent read, cut off that pass. Because Ottawa likes, for whatever reason, pass the puck in front of the net. And I've noticed the Canadians doing it a lot too. Um, yeah, so maybe stop wearing Lekkonen's gloves. Poor Lekkonen. I know. He tries so hard. Did he even play last night? I haven't even heard his name. He did. Night. He was actually very effective. He was on the fourth line playing with Perry and Stahl. He retrieved pucks. He, he battled hard. He did well on the penalty kill. He did all the little things that you need for a player to do to help a team win. I thought he, I thought he was with Mete because I didn't hear or see neither one of them on the ice last night. Well, the only time I saw Mete was when he was talking to Kotniemi between plays. Well, I guess he's not going to be that top four defenseman for the Ottawa Senators. Is that what we're saying? No, I don't think he was ever going to be. I, I was sure he was going to be after all the uh, waiver uh, talk. So. Oh, yeah. You know, Bergevin is a lot of things, but he has never been bitten by 
waving a player. Waivers. No, he hasn't. And he never, and well, I mean, he hasn't yet. I'm not going to say he never will be, but he hasn't. No, well, he won't be in this case anyway. Yeah. A uh, question for you talking about if the team keeps playing the way they're playing, does Dom Descharm come back next season? I don't think so. I think they would have to do pretty well in the playoffs in order for him to come back next season. If they limp their way into the playoffs and lose in the first round, I, as much as I like Dom Ducharme and I like some of the, the system ideas that he was bringing in, I don't see him coming back. No. I, I, I mean, I was excited about Dom at the start. Uh, I've mentioned it on the show. It's like, oh, he's got to change things around. I like the way he looks at things. He's, he's a good players coach. He's going to make this team an offensive and he's done nothing that I thought he was going to do. Absolutely nothing. So he's been now, some of the, some way of the problems, too many times. Some of the problems have to do with team construction. Personnel. Yes. Yes. So I get the that. GM holds some of the, uh, oh, some of the fault here. Eh, absolutely. But the way I look at it is it's almost like, why did you get rid of Julian? Cause they're playing pretty much the same as they were under Julian. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I know why they moved Claude and oh. it made sense. It did at the time, yes. Yeah, but it did he really lost, give I think the, he lost the room. It didn't give him that uh, that boost Yeah, that right. they should get. Because they're very mediocre. Right now, yeah. They're, yeah. they're not doing all that great. And saying that, for all you people who are worried about making or missing the playoffs, Montreal just has to play mediocre for the rest of the season to make the playoffs. Hell, they don't even have to be as good as mediocre. They can play like they, crap. They have what fourteen games left. If they go seven and seven, they'll finish with sixty-two points. They get what forty-five now, forty-seven, sixty-one points. Calgary has to go ten-one and one in order to just tie. Well, they'll have the wins, so they'll they'll be in. But in order to tie in points and make the playoffs, ten-one yep. and one. Vancouver thirteen and six. Although I think Vancouver's. I don't think we need to worry about Vancouver. So Montreal wins four games. Calgary still has to win seven. <laughs> so I don't think anyone needs to worry about them not making the playoffs unless the, they really go disastrous. My concern isn't the playoffs per se. My concern is how they're playing and going into the playoffs. Cause if they're oh. playing like this, in a playoff series against Toronto, who's who would be their first round matchup? Third day, they, they'll lose in three games because they'll just cancel the fourth. That's how bad they're playing. <laughs> and and I get you that. Know? And I get that. But I'm just keeping it to the whole. Yeah. We're not making the playoffs. Yeah, you are. I think now we got to be concerned about how are we going to do in the playoffs because we're supposed to be a team built to succeed in the playoffs, which we've said many times. And on paper, you're like, yeah. They should be able to do well in the playoffs, but you're absolutely right. They play like they are right now, and I don't even know if I'll watch the playoffs because it's going to be – It's going to be painful. It's going to be painful. So this is – do they need a shakeup? I think they do. I think they need to shake this up a little bit. I mean, Gallagher's out. You can see what he brings to this lineup. Even if he's not scoring goals, he leads, by example, on the ice. It's hard not to get drawn into the fight when you have – a five foot nine guy cannonballing his way through everything. You, you, you can't 
sit on the bench and look at that and say, meh, I don't feel like doing what he's doing. You just can't. You need to inject some type of exciting, some kind of excitement into the team. Well, you need to add a weapon. You need something. The team needs goals. They have a player sitting in the stands taking selfies that can score goals. Well, he's injured. I mean, Gallagher's out injured. No, I'm not talking about Gallagher. I'm talking about well, another well, Gallagher player. The Gallagher was taking selfies in, in the stands. <laughs> Just saying. So was Cole Caulfield. <laughs> oh, that guy. That guy. I know, he, I know he's about the same height as Gallagher. Uh, it's hard to tell the difference because they're always smiling. <laughs> but uh, Cole Caulfield uh, said today that he's going to travel with the team out west. Um, I wrote an article for the hockey writers. You did? I did. I didn't bring this up at all for that reason. (laughs) Uh, Saying how him going to Laval was the right move to start. And I I still believe that. Yes. Um, He uh, signed his entry-level contract. He dominated the NCAA last year. um, Or this year, sorry. And uh, won the Hobie Baker Award. He, He did everything everyone expected him to do. Uh, yes, people are going to complain he did nothing at the junior championship. He just won gold. But uh, um, and he went to Laval, and in two games he he played excellent hockey. Like he played excellent two way hockey. He forechecked, he backchecked, he scored goals. He got Four-check, assists. Forecheck, backcheck, paycheck. Uh, yeah, uh, you know he dipped, he dangled, he you know had the upper upper top shelf sellies. Um, in two games. He scored as many goals as Nick Robertson did all year. I tweeted that and uh, Toronto fans went nuts, but uh, <laughs> facts are facts. That's right. <laughs> um, nothing to take away from Nick Robertson. Cause he was like a point per game player with uh, the Marlies when he was there in the 10, yeah, 12 games well, that he played. So. Caulfield's a two point per game player. So just putting that out Correct. there. <laughs> Correct. Uh, <laughs> and I've always said you really have to dominate or really show that you're too good for the league you're in in order to be moved up to, to the next spot. So he goes to DeVal, works with Bouchard. Bouchard likes to work on your little things to succeed in the NHL. Like, you know, you need to try this. I don't think Bouchard is a smart enough coach that he didn't look at him and say, we're going to work on your goal scoring because I don't think we need to do that. No, because all the <laughs> things that he did in those games in the AHL – are the exact same things he's done at every single, single level. level. Yeah. And uh, so he's got to take the trip. Now, he, right now, with uh, Caden Primo going to the taxi squad, probably back down to Laval when Laval's ready to start playing, uh, they have enough room, money, on the roster to have Evans and uh, Caulfield get called yeah. to the big club. However... They only have one move left. That's right. They've gotten, they've used three of the recalls because you're allowed four after the trade deadline. Right. During the uh, season. Right. So uh, I think Ouellette was one. Uh, Evans and Byron were the other two. Um, pretty sure. I could be yeah. wrong on the names, but so they have Montreal has a choice to make. Do you want to bring Caulfield onto our lineup or do we want to bring Evans onto our lineup? With the way Desherm wants to use Stahl, I don't see where Evans is going to fit in. Um, and yeah. However, Caulfield 
not only will it inject excitement on the team, but it will with the fan base as well. Uh, not that we're going to have crowds, but still. Um, but it does kind of inject a little bit to the team where they're like, hey, we want this kid to succeed. So let's play our asses off and help this kid succeed. At least that's what you would hope. Um, and he's going to provide a finisher on the team. Yeah, so when's the last time? When's the, the last time? The, yeah, exactly. When's the last time <laughs> the Canadians have had an elite shooter on their in their lineup? Alex Kovalev. Yep. That I don't even have to think about it. Pacioretty was not an elite goal scorer. Gallagher's not an elite goal scorer. Was Alex Although Pacioretty has scoring thirty goals per year, yeah, it's pretty elite in today's NHL. It is, but by elite goal scorer, I mean he can put the puck anywhere in that net that he wants. Yeah, Pacioretty scores by volume. Correct. Uh, he's like, a, I mean, you could say Eric Cole or Michael Ryder were uh, but an elite, elite goal shooter. scorers. I mean, but they're not Cam- elite shooters. No, Camilleri could have been. Uh, he's in the discussion for that kind of thing because mm-hmm. he he was a very good shooter, uh, but Kovalev definitely. Kovalev, I mean. Kovalev could have had 120 points a season if he wanted to. He just didn't want to. Um, <laughs> Pretty much. Because he's never he never scored 100 points in his career. But that's Kovalev for you. Um, but uh, to put this guy in, I mean, just imagine uh, him on the power play, just sitting over in that circle and just the way he shoots the puck, uh, the way he does it. We're, I mean – not to put too much pressure on the kid, but I don't not. I just don't see him not succeeding with the Montreal Canadiens. Or you put him on else. a you put him on a third line, and he's playing well. Third line in air quotes. Yeah. Cut Kanyemi's line. Him and put him, with, put him on and there. Toffoli. Well, Toffoli's playing really well with Suzuki right now. So okay. Drew, Drew so and Drew's, KK and him. Yeah, that's right. Perfect. Yeah, and you put him on the second wave power play with KK who has great vision and he can actually thread a pass through a crowd. And he's been doing that. Just no one can put it in the net for him. (laughs) Exactly. So he puts it through the box, the, uh, the the penalty killer box to cut to Caulfield. Who's on his normal spot, the Ovi spot. And that kid's going to score some goals. He's not going to be dominant five on five because of his size, but he's still, he's still got good speed. He still has defensive awareness where he can actually come back and break up a play. He has some decent playmaking ability. Uh, his his game is not predicated on the cycle, but he can win some one-on-one battles. He's been working on that. He's he's basically following the same progression game plan as Gallagher did. Different style of play, but he he wants to put that level of effort into everything he does. Yeah, Gallagher gets the dirty goals, and Cofield's going to get the slick goals. Yeah. So yeah, and and there's nothing wrong with that, and that's what Montreal needs. They need a, they just need a finisher. They need a guy who can put the puck in the net on a consistent basis, no matter where he's at on the ice. What's missing on the power play? A goal scorer. What's missing five on five? A goal scorer. And this is, is not taking a goal scorer. And yeah. this is not taking anything away from Toffoli or Anderson or anything like that. But Anderson's a power forward. Anderson's going to use his speed and strength to score goals. DeFoley's a north and south guy. DeFoley's not going to dipsy doodle around anyone. He's just going to go in and shoot the puck and it's going to go in. Caulfield, he can change the game. Yes, 
he can yeah. find those little those quiet areas yeah. and just dart in and out. He, he's it's a skill set that cannot be taught. Yeah. I mean, Toffoli does very well in what he does, but you're right. It's it's more of a standard north south shoot as much as you can. Yeah. Anderson is his uh, his goal scoring is based off the rush. Right. And some work in front of the net. They're different styles of goal yeah. scores. Same with Gallagher. Gallagher's going to get rebounds. He's going to yeah. tip. He's going to stand in front of the net. And I don't know how a five nine guy gets in front of the net and scores as many goals as he does, but that that's what he does. He's going to get in the goal. He's going to get on the goalie's case. He's going to get on the defender's case and draw penalties. And that's how he's going to get his goals. Yeah. Caulfield's going to find the open ice, and he's just going to wait for the pass. That's all he's going to do. And you're absolutely right. You can't teach that. It's just. Ovechkin does it. Ovechkin will stand where he's at, yeah, lean on a stick, and for some reason, no one even remembers that he's playing the game. But uh, it's, it's I think just last a- week he scored a goal after standing in his spot for about two minutes. Yeah. I I swear he ate a hot dog while he was waiting. <laughs> and and Caulfield has a, his first goal with Laval. That's exactly what he did. He, he was yep. on the power play and he just stood there and did this. Whenever you guys are ready, I'll, I'll, I'm going to put this in. And, and the puck uh, wasn't even a perfect pass. It was no. wobbly. It was it was just off the ice, but he timed it perfectly. And got right all of the it. crossbar. He's bar down. We yeah. don't have a bar down. There you go. We do not have a bar down player. We don't have one on the lineup right now. And in, in the lineup right now, yeah, we have just, one. He's just not playing. That's right. And maybe putting in some youthful exuberance into the dressing room could wake up the team a little bit. As long as he's used right. That's the thing. Uh, don't put him in if you're just going to bury him on the fourth line. Well, no. Yeah, he's going to put him on the fourth line, move Perry up. And I'm now just he's saying, I'm just saying it's happened before. I know. I know. I, I, I'm not saying Ducharme's going to do that. I think the third line is perfect with Drew in and Kotkinemi. Um, I wouldn't even mind seeing him maybe on a line with Suzuki and Toffoli wouldn't be a bad line either. It depends on the, um, defensive, uh, the defensive matchup that they want correct, them to have. Yeah. Because you can't rely on Caulfield to be the guy that goes up against their best players. But then here's the question. He gets in the lineup. Who comes out? Byron. I mean, we just talked about it, the meritocracy. Byron just said, I screwed up royally. I'll sit him for a game. Byron's been playing fairly well with the known Tatar on that line. Sure. I say you take Stahl out and put Byron at center on the fourth line. But then Byron's still off that line that you just said he should be on. True. And then Armia, I guess Armia could go on that line, but it's tough. I guess Byron or Armia, I guess, or Lekkonen. Lekkonen, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I actually, I thought Armia played really well against Calgary. He was a bit of a ghost, but so was everyone else against Ottawa. But uh... he, he had moments against Ottawa where he was actually the one that showed up. Yeah. So I don't think I'd take Armia out of the lineup. But that's the thing. The meritocracy, one game you're bad, the next game you're good. So if you played poorly, you throw the kid in. If the kid doesn't do well, you let him sit and you throw someone else in and you rotate through. That's the meritocracy that I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, it's it's tough to say. Like it's. I wouldn't be surprised if the Caulfield gets a shot. I don't to, see the point play. in him going on the Western trip without them putting him in a game. 
I don't. Laval's practicing. I get him being with the big team and learning the system. And yeah. But if we're going to have a new coach next year anyway, what difference does it make? It's more of knowing the guys. I know they're not thinking that right now, but uh, it's knowing the guys, getting whatever. But still, uh, put them in a game. Fuck it. Like, just do it. Yeah. What's it going to hurt? Who knows? Maybe he'll get a hat trick and then never score again. (laughs) And here's, but here's what's going to happen. He scores the hat trick. Suddenly he is the next Wayne Gretzky. And then he goes a few (laughs) games without scoring a goal. And then he's, his, to Laval. his development was stunted. You destroyed the player that I just argued that should be in the NHL. <laughs> this is, this is Habs social media in a nutshell. Everyone oh. is angry all the time because they just lost until they win a game. And then they're super happy. Yeah. We can, we can beat Toronto in the playoffs. No problem. Lose to Ottawa. This team's terrible. Shouldn't even make the playoffs. <laughs> And this is exactly why we called the show Habs Unfiltered. We are going to say <laughs> dumb shit and we're going to call ourselves out because I'm guilty of doing all of that. Like I'm, everybody I'm else. That. I'm very realistic. Sure. Very realistic. You've had your moments. Just Although like I did say Montreal would finish third in the division this year. And, and I also I also said Calgary would win, win the division. So, so did I. I <laughs> and I agreed with both those points. And we were so wrong. <laughs> so so wrong. Although Winnipeg has a chance to take the division lead, sure. A win last night would help, but they have a chance to take the division. But but here's the thing, like I, I know some people, I, certain groups have gone out of their way to badmouth us and this show because we don't agree with their points of view sometimes. Who? Well, you know who. But that's okay. We don't need to agree all the time. How boring if, is life? If, if we agree, agree if everyone agreed, and then I get your point. On Twitter, if we all agreed, it'd be pretty boring. Yeah. This is the fun of Habs Twitter. I know, I know we just crapped on them for being a little <laughs> bit up and down, but that's part of the fun of it. What I do love is the passion you see for your hockey team. Exactly. I maybe I don't agree with where it's filtered, <laughs> but uh, because we don't like filters, we're unfiltered. Uh, but uh, I love the passion. Like uh, I don't agree with a lot of people, and usually you know, a lot of people don't agree with me because you know I speak my mind, and that's fine. And everyone and it's empty most of the time. It, it pretty is. It, yeah, it is. Um, and uh, you know I've been trying to be positive lately because. Montreal's exactly where everyone predicted them to be before the season started. Yet, for some reason, everyone thinks they should be the Stanley Cup contending winning team. But Well, don't get me wrong. I wish they were. As everyone does. Everyone yeah. does. But not let's, be realist- let's be realistic about this, right? Leaf fans don't want that. No. Well. Which is why we want it, because fuck the Leaf fans. I mean, That's outside right hockey, they're yeah. just they're just in a world of their own where they don't even know what's going on half the time. So, posting pictures <laughs> in tuxedos and shit. Yeah. Oh, look at me! <laughs> this is what we're gonna wear for the parade. Yeah, James. <laughs> we saw it. We're calling you out, James. Calling you out, James. <laughs> Your beard sucks. <laughs> oh, whoa! Hey. Let's let's not go too far here. Actually, I'm kidding. I don't mind your beard. It looks good on you. <laughs> 
But uh, can't all have the lumberjack look. Uh, in all honesty, offsides, good buddies of ours, and yeah. uh, we we chirp each other all the time, and they're, they're big Toronto uh, homers. But uh, it's good. We're Montreal homers, so what difference does it make? But are we? Uh, but I love the passion of Habs Twitter. I don't agree with everyone. I mean, I get in a fight with analytic guys and these Met Day friggin' freaks. So I don't even understand that. But uh, the Tiger Twenty Seven guys who stole the Habs unfiltered uh, picture of a tiger with the Twenty Seven on it. Well, they did ask if they could have it. They asked. And- then they just yeah, they can it. have it. Yeah, they could totally have it because <laughs> Hudson Filter wrote its name on there. So yeah, yeah. share so away. Anyway, you know, we support everyone. That's right. Whether we agree with them or not. And that's the thing. We don't, I follow people I don't agree with because what's the freaking point of just having an echo chamber? It's, it's boring. I, I like this player. Me too. All right. See you tomorrow. Like <laughs> what the hell? And I mean, I, you know, I'll defend players and then I'll not, but I try to stay realistic. I love Carey Price, but I'll tell you if he played a bad game, I have no and issue. And he didn't in the last game. And he didn't in Ottawa. Now he, the second goal probably sure. should have had it, but sure. he didn't. So we would carry on. You know who else let in a bad goal a game? Martin Brodeur. Sorry to sell you, but he did. Unless Patrick he Roy. Patrick, yeah. Patrick Waugh did it. Every goal he does it. Um, and that's what it is. Like, I mean, I've even praised Vector Mete on the occasion. I don't know why, but I did. Because he played well in the games he that he was well. praised. I mean, he had his moments. Before he got put on waivers, I thought him and Rona were the best defensive pair going for a few, two or three games in a row. Until they weren't. Mm-hmm. Again, back to the meritocracy. Mm-hmm. So um, I think we pretty much exhausted everything. Uh, you know, this is this whole last few minutes. Basically, it's just us telling our listeners and everybody in, in the Habs Twitterverse and social media, we get it. We appreciate it. We want to talk about it. We're part of the larger hockey conversation. And it's not that we think you're dumb because we don't agree with you and we're geniuses. It's just, hey, I don't agree with your point. You don't agree with mine. Let's talk about it a little bit. And if we can't come to a consensus, who cares? Unless your still... point's really dumb, like trade this shitty player to this team. Yeah, there's there's limits, right? There there is limits. There's no stupid questions, just stupid people. Stupid answers. Like uh, you're not going to trade your trash for Connor McDavid. Correct. As much as you want it to happen. I mean, I wouldn't mind Connor McDavid at fifty percent cap for a seventh round pick. Paul That's... Byron for Connor McDavid. Straight 50%, up. Straight up. No, just straight up. We'll do them a favor. I mean, if you're going to trade Tyler Hall for Adam Larson, why not? <laughs> that GM's gone. Damn it. <laughs> I'm really hoping Charlie gets another NHL job. We can but, trade uh, Weber. We can trade yeah. Weber for their best player. Yeah, sure. So it's just we, we appreciate what the fans bring to the table with the passion. And there's a lot of knowledge out there. And we just want to talk. That's what this whole thing is. That's what this all is. So uh, I want to thank you guys for listening to us, for sharing with us, for discussing things with us, for interacting with us on social media. Thank you. If you don't follow us and you're talking to us, that's great. If you follow us and for whatever reason you decide to unfollow us because somebody else said those guys are dumb, that's your choice. It's your timeline. Do what you want. We usually are dumb. Well, I mean, we're not. 
We don't get by on our looks because we don't have them. Matt so, does. Well, Matt does. He has his own. He has his own OnlyFans. But Check I will say out. this: we will never tell you not to listen to somebody else and only listen to us, like some other. Yes. Places have done. Because we're listen not stupid. To whoever you want to actually listen to everyone. Listen to all the podcasts because they're great. Why not? There are great podcasts out there. Except There's... outside hockey. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Perhaps content. Perhaps content. Offside hockey may not be a good one. No, no. You'll you sorely lacking in Habs content. Um, so I'd like to thank everyone for listening. I want to thank you guys for interacting with us. And I want to remind you as well, as we record, today is the 18th of April. It is the one-year anniversary of the massacre in Nova Scotia. We, uh, we live in Nova Scotia, and uh, it, uh, the shooting impacted all of us in this province. It's, small, it's a small province. We have friends and family all throughout, even though I come from away. Uh, I've got connections all throughout this province now because I've been here so long. So take a, t- take a moment out of your day today at about 3 p.m. our time, Atlantic time. There's going to be a moment of silence for all the victims. Uh, I made a post on Twitter and it it mentions every name. Uh, It's, it's a pretty sad, somber occasion, but hopefully we can come back stronger from all of this and something good can come out of it. So um, thank you. I want to thank everyone for their support, for all their words of support, for everything they've done for us here at Habs Unfiltered and for my family, uh, Treg, for, for you and your family as well. So uh, thank everyone. And remember, if you are talking about it, so are we. Are you in the market for quality sticks and equipment you can afford? There is a no frills, no nonsense company that wants to provide that to you. No name hockey. No Name Hockey is a small Canadian company started by former pro player Jason Goulet. When he retired, he searched for sticks that felt like when he was a pro but could never find the right one or one that was reasonably priced. So he decided to start No Name Hockey. Now No Name offers high quality, customized sticks at a fair price. They won't try to wow you with a fancy name. They will focus on providing you a pro stock quality stick that you can afford. The cost of sticks has gone through the roof due to sponsorships and licensing fees. No Name Hockey makes sticks for the no-names and players currently making a name. Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. 
I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundal from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast, NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.